Hello. Good day. Hey. Good day, how you my doing? friends. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. You know what? I, I, I like the weather changes. Here we are in Southern California, and I know back back east they go you don't know what weather change is but it's a little bit cooler right it's a little bit crisp no it's 90 degrees where i live and it's gonna be 100 this weekend i don't know what in the fuck you're talking about I'd maybe have the AC i live on. by the beach no no it's hot it was like okay. a teasingly wonderful 75 for like three days and then it is right back up into the high 90s gonna hit 100 yeah. It's um that sun is blazing. So uh no, wow. and the Santa Ana's haven't even hit yet. So ugh. oh my gosh. Um, I got I got the I went hood I went hoodie weather. I just thought it was cooling down. Sorry, oh. I don't know. I, I was out walking this morning early and it was cool and I figured it was still cool outside. I had no idea. Maybe I completely misjudged it. Oh my gosh. Uh, you, you like to uh, brag. <laughs> <laughs> How, how's everything going? How's your week? Everything's good. It was really funny yesterday. I um, So my daughter gets really, my youngest daughter, well, both of them did, but my youngest gets like the lowest grade she's ever gotten is an A minus, knock on wood, okay? So she's always asked to be in this like honor roll society thing. Last year, I let her skip it. And then this year, I realized like, wait a minute. No, this is something she should be doing. So it's in her file, right? So um, I tell her, oh, no, we're going to do it. We're going to accept it. And she has full meltdown breakdown like i have never seen screaming slams the door and i was like what and i i was like i just didn't understand this reaction and she says screaming at me you promised you would never make me do anything i didn't want to do and i'm like but what do you have to do i'm so confused what you think you have to do and she's like three hours of community service three hours <laughs> three hours of community now I and I stop there and I'm like, well, you're not like a selfish little brat. Like, what's three hours of community service? Well, okay, to make a long story short, we go on and on and on. And I'm explaining to her that it's like loosey goosey, like she can walk the dog, she can help the neighbor, she can go water at the like the community garden, like, and she's still having a meltdown. Okay, come to find out at the end of like an hour of like, what is wrong with my child? Yeah. Apparently, in cheer. The coach had told any kind of punishment. So if you drop a flyer, if you don't wear your um, your uniform properly, if you're late, you get in trouble and you're penalized. Okay. Guess what the guess what the the punishment is? Community service. Community service. So she's associated the word community service with punishment. Yeah. Messed up. So um, there were, we had a real aha moment last night, and it's like. I'm like, it's, it means to serve your community, community service. It's just these things that you sometimes you expect the little ones to like get, but they've got something else happened. They heard something else somewhere and they've got this whole other idea of what's going on. And I'm like, you think I would sign you up for punishment? Like, I'm so confused. I'm the, so confused. Nicole, I think your coach, that your daughter's coach made a bad mistake on that one. I think right? I you, do. You, because now I, your brain's really thinking like doing a good deed is a, is a bad thing. I know I didn't like that. But on the other side of that coin is that she's going to do some community service. And I think it's really helpful. I'm surprised I haven't had her do it before, although we had talked about it. So, you know, people need to not forget that when you're feeling like not the greatest or even when you yeah. are feeling great, community service is always a really surprisingly amazing feeling for both you and the people you're doing it for. So um, that's my service announcement for the day. There you go. Uh, again, <laughs> it's a life lesson, right? For her that yeah. maybe you know what, what she thought was a bad thing will be something that hey, I got a lot out of that. And, that, and this is what I'm, this is what I'm hoping. This is what I know. I'm probably going to go sign yeah. her up at the shelter. She'll love that. You know, the animal shelter. Yeah. I think oh, I'm going to turn cool. this into something positive, but you know, you just never know what's going on in their little heads. No, no. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So, okay, we've got a really cool guest today, somebody I've known for a really long time. And um, I know him as Seth, but most of you will know him as Shifty from uh, Crazy Town. And they sing the huge hit Butterfly, which everybody, everybody and their mother and their grandparents know that song. So um, let's bring him on, Seth Binzer. Hello. Hi. Hey. How are you? What a day. Good. Hey, yeah, how you doing, Seth? Good. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. You were like always, I feel like you were always on the road and you were always performing. Yes. You're nonstop, aren't you? 
Um, I, it's it's been nonstop. That 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 and uh, a lot of work on mental health <laughs> type of stuff. You know, like obviously uh, I've uh, been through a lot, but but I'm super happy. So so I'm you know as I get older, I'm just trying to find the right balance of of touring and and you know normal life. So when you figure that out, let the rest of us know. <laughs> yes, definitely. you know. It's a constant, isn't it? A constant battle. I know I would, I, I, it's like part of me like loves the busy, busy all the time. And then the other part is like, you can get lost in that and you lose yourself. And, um, it is a balance that is such a balance, but, um, but you guys, huh? I said, but it, you know, it's always a blessing to do what you love to do. You just kind of do it the right way, you know? So that's it. That's it. I know. So where where have you been lately? Where where did you just get home from? Um, actually, I've been taking some time off. I'm working on a new record. Um, oh, worked on it. Been just finishing up a documentary that I'm really excited about, and um, I have a new record I'm putting out. So just doing a lot of that stuff and getting ready to tour again. Oh, I so. love that. And are you working on it in LA? Yeah, yeah. We're mixing right now, and. Um, going to put it out in EPs. Like it's a whole new world right now, like marketing music. So I think we're gonna kind of do a series of EPs that lead into the album, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like cool. that. Yeah, everything is so different, right? You've gotta be creative in in all aspects of, it's or you get the, the like, freedom. Remember uh, what, Lemonade and Brownies was it? Or what, what yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get the cover yeah. of that, yeah. Yep. I know. And that was like a last minute thing. We were like hanging out at my place. He's like, let's go shoot the cover. And I was like, all right. You know, and it just. I remember those days as well. Yeah. Right. I know. Cool I miss, I miss just CDs and tower records. I know. I do too. Except I always scratched my CDs. I, I think that's, right. that's, how, that's right. how people buy them over and over again. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> true. Or it'd like have all my favorite albums. Yeah. Um, wait, so all the 2000s are totally back, right? All the late 90s, 2000s. I think I hear your song more than ever. Um, although it never really went anywhere. I hear it so much more and like so many references to it. And it's like when you were making it and did you think like, oh, did you ever think that this was going to be like an iconic song like it is? No, no. I mean, I, I knew that it was. The one that all every like I I kind of knew it was special, and I knew that the labels all pointed that song out. You know, like everyone kind of was like, "This is the one." Um, actually, uh, Scott Weiland, who was the first person who heard it and and was like, when when I saw his face when when we played him that song and that, that he was the first one who helped us get like a bidding war when we first got our deal, but he was like, "This is the biggest thing ever." And um, so it was cool. Like, so when when my idols and people I looked up to really, really like were excited about it and Corn got really excited about it, then I was like, this is the song. This is our secret weapon. But um, I never knew that it would become uh, one of these iconic songs that don't really go away, you know, like, um, which is the coolest thing ever. So, you know, uh, it just set, never gets old. You know, Seth, uh, I'm, I'm good friends with a former Major League Baseball player, Brett Boone. And Brett Boone, as everyone in his family has made it in pros, his brother's the manager of the New York Yankees. And Brett, when he was in his heyday and he was killing it for the Seattle Mariners, his walk-up song was Butterfly. And every time Brett comes on as a guest on a show, he makes them play Butterfly. Otherwise, he won't come on the show. And it is it is funny. And I just saw him two days ago, and, and I completely forgot to mention that we were going to talk to you. But as soon as we're done with this, i got to give him a call. He's going to lose his mind knowing that we had his guy on. Oh, for sure. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Um, it was also, it's also weird when you have, you know, cause it's not necessarily my favorite song I've ever made. Like, so it's also weird. I remember for a long time, like until I did the Oakenfold song, we got boxed in. It was like this one song where it was like, I was really, um, excited to have it. But then, then it was like, it got so much attention. It was hard to outdo that song. So, um, so that was a, you know, effort, you know, it's a double-edged sword. When you have a song that big, it's kind of like to repeat it is not as easy. Um, and so, like, you know, 
when 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 I had success with the Oakenfold song, it really fun. It was it was a similar song. It's funny because the songs that are more simple that I do are the ones that seem to be like more universal, and then the songs that are really more intricate and I guess they they go under the radar. Are some of my favorites. So you know it's it, it's uh it's interesting making music. You know. Yeah, because it's the masses, right? They like. You know, it's like not everybody's a creative type. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right? <laughs> so I know and I get it. Like you get pigeonholed and it's like one little part of your entire life career. And like that people associate you with just that all the time. I, I, I fall into the same thing all the time. And it's like it's great. So glad to have it. But it's like you're so much more than that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and well, you know what? At the end of the day, I went through loving it. I went through hating it. And at the end of the day, I love it because it's it's love the it. song that, you know, um, when I was little, I just, I remember, um, you know, going through other artists' houses and looking at a platinum plaque on the wall and being like, when I grow up, I want to have one of those. And it's like, I've exceeded those little dreams and I got to have this big hit song and, 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 uh, and, and it's a blessing at the end of the day. I have so many friends that I think are better than me or, or, you know, that, that I look up to as artists and their records just went under the radar completely, you know? So it's like, I got, you know, it's not only about talent, it's about luck. It's like, that's that, that, um, you know, that, that it's, it's very rare to have a song that does that. So I'm grateful. Yeah. For it's it. like that lightning in a bottle. It's the timing, yeah. the, the timing, the luck, the talent, all of yeah, it the perfect storm. coming together. I agree. I agree. So with that, you guys also, um, Seth has a great Instagram. I really love and appreciate your Instagram all the time. So go check that out at real crazy town because, um, <laughs> it, there's funny stuff. There's deep shit. There's serious stuff. You get to keep up with what he's doing. Um, you're really good at Instagram posting. Do you do it oh, yourself? I do. Yeah, I do. I, that's really the only social media that like, um, I, when I was young, I guess I, I've always loved photos and, and, um, quotes and stuff, but you know, I had these collages on my wall in my bedroom wall, like every little rock and roll kid, I guess. But so when I found Instagram, it was like a way for me to express myself through through photos and, and quotes and stuff. And I I can I can get with that, you know. Yeah, I, I really like it. You know, I wish you could move them around. I wish <laughs> you could press on them and like move them up and move them down. But you know. hey, new feature. Yes. <laughs> they need the new feature. No, that's funny because you want to you change the collage. <laughs> yeah. Funny. I like that. Well, I'm so glad to see you're smiling. You have such a beautiful smile. And it's like, um, you know, we're all so human. And it's like, it's so good to watch everybody go through their journeys in life. Because we've known each other a long time. Dave, Seth and I were kids. Like kids, I don't even think we were supposed to be in the club, you know? Yeah. We were young. We were young and wild and all of that. So, um, and now here we are as adults. And I'm so glad you love the song because, um, you know, your grandkids are going to know it and it lives on forever. And you should be so proud. Um, and it's just so fun to see like friends doing, you know, huge things and like being in a good place. Yeah. Love that. Well, anything, um, is there anything you want to, where do we download music like any recent music um you can you can find music i mean there's there's new music i put out a couple teasers that are on youtube uh, there's a song called fly away um and it's off my upcoming album but ultimately i guess the best way to tune into what i'm doing is the real crazy town i'm going to be doing uh scattered dates over the next few months um i believe i'm playing the whiskey a go-go next month in la Ooh, nice. um, and you know that's where I got signed. It's 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 like a very special room to me, and I always love to play for my friends there. It's so uh, it's just classic. Like I, I don't think I play anywhere else in LA because that's just yeah. my spot. Um, but uh, you know, basic basically, the music's coming out. This documentary is gonna gonna be coming out soon, which is really cool because I've done some reality TV that I was really uh, not sure if I should have done. Although my, you know my intentions and being being transparent about my issues has really empowered me. Like at, at times I felt like it wasn't a good idea. And then over the years, I've found out that I've really become someone that can help other people with my journey. And that that's pretty beautiful. So this, this is the first documentary um, 
that I really feel is not just uh, train wreck TV. This one is more about who I really am. And I think a lot of people um, don't really know. They're just like, that kid's crazy. But I think this one will really let people know what I'm like. And, and, and that's special to me. So uh, that is. And with reality TV, they could directed it. Who? Oh, oh, she did. Oh, yeah. wonderful. So oh, she's so looking forward to that. That's yeah. So is there yeah. any um like release date in in the works? Or I know how mm -hmm. I'm doing a documentary myself, and I it's, I know how like loosey goosey and how strange documentary is different than um, regular filmmaking. But do you guys have any tentative? No, anything? no. I just know that we're just finishing editing it, and, and, and yeah. I think it's really special. So I'm excited about it. Oh, I love that. How long did you shoot with it? Uh, over a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not can see, you know, but yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are going to love it. So. Oh, I hey, think that's hey. wonderful. I love that for you. Thank you. Hey, Seth, when you first joined us, you mentioned that you're focusing on mental health. And it was, it was something that, that I like because, uh, you know, I, I speak with a lot of young kids myself. I'm around young kids all the time. All three of us are around the same age. And it was one of those things that people didn't say when we were younger. And people didn't, and our parents definitely didn't say, you know, I'm focused on a mental health or you never heard of a mental health day. Can you can you talk about that? About, you know, basically being grounded, focusing on, you know, the engine before you can, you know, just throw it to the side and, and pretend that everything's okay. Um, well, basically, you know, I, I, I've, uh, it, it, it's kind of like, um, I've, I've had my struggles with addiction, whether, whether, you know, I had problems with, with addiction, you know, it, it's kind of like a family. My father had problems with addiction. Um, the rest of my family doesn't really, but me and my dad, um, have had issues with it. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, uh, I have so many friends that I've lost and so many friends that e even when it comes to depression and, you know, so many amazing artists that I looked up to and, and, and I was lucky enough to be really close to. And just so through my through my journey, uh, you know, I've found that, you know, no one's perfect. And now now addiction touches so many families. So so I work really hard on on, on being transparent and and um, kind of like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the A student. I'm not someone who got sober and stayed sober all these years. And, and I beat myself up about that because I'm my biggest critic. But I think that um, a lot of people have the same problem. You know, I get four years, I get three years, I get two years, I go through a breakup, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm learning myself and, and, and my boundaries and, and how to deal with my emotions, which might be other issues, like, you know, and finding that balance, like, should I take medication for this? Am I this being misdiagnosed? And I, and I, I really, um, I'm actually working on putting together a nonprofit to help kids with that. I think, I think I've been, um, you know, because I, I, I had some success. I I've been really able to access rehabs and treatment and stuff like that, that a lot of kids I know don't have the access to. And so like, I really want to, uh, use my experience to help other people because I think it's taken me years to find, um, peace and, and, uh, and I'm still a work in progress, but I think it's so important and, and not to give up on people, you know, and, and if you fall down to get back up and not take it as a, uh, take it, you know, it, 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 there is no failure if you keep trying, I believe, you know, and as long as you're alive, you can become the best version of yourself. So that's it. And in that shot, I think that's, that, yeah. you know, that, that that's big. Obviously, Nicole knows my my personal story, but you basically just described my youngest son. And my youngest son fought depression and, and you know mental health issues and and trying to do the best he could. And right when things seemed like they were going in, in the right direction, someone gave him a pill that had fentanyl on it, and he lost his life. And so when you said you're looking to help out the younger people, that that hits home with me. It means a lot to me. So I, I, I'm glad you're on the on the right page. So many friends to fentanyl. It's so scary, and and uh, you know. I, I think, you know, it was crazy in our time, but now it's even more dangerous. And luckily, I think I think a lot of kids are kind of learning from our chaos. But 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 I, yeah, all these young kids, it's, it, it, it's horrifying to think that, you know, the little things that we got to experiment with will kill somebody. You know, it, it's 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 a totally different world now with drugs. So it's scary. 
It really is. It's like to the point where I mean, I have said to my kids, you don't take anything. You don't take a Xanax. You don't take an aspirin. You don't take anything from anybody. If you want something, you come to me. I don't care. Exactly. I agree with that. I was going to say, I'd rather rather get it for them than than have them get it from some, you know, knucklehead in school with, you know. Yeah, judgment free. Not not that I want to give it to them, but it's like that fine line. Like, like, don't take anything from anyone else, you know? It's scary. Like, the stuff on the street is the stuff that'll kill somebody. And, 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 and literally, like, like a couple good friends of mine just lost their kids to fentanyl. Like, like kids that had never done drugs their whole life and take one pill at, like, graduation and they're gone, you know? And it's just, it's scary. So. And it's weird because it's like they live in these neighbor. A lot of them are from neighborhoods that is like you know nice, and they don't think of like the dr- the drugs is from the street because it's in their friend's yeah. pocket, right? And in in their school or at their house or at their party, and it feels like safe. And you're in a safe space. It's not. Right. I forget. Think that's like the tiniest, Dave. What is it like? The tiniest, tiniest amount. It's can a, somebody equivalent of a speck, a speck of salt. Is yeah. that all it is? And now, it, now, it, like there was that daycare in, like situation where yeah. it was just in the air and killed these little kids. It's it's scary. You know, I mean, like, frightening. And it's like, why are the, I don't, I still can't wrap my head around why. Like, why is it in everything? Like, what's going on with that? It's because it's cheaper. It's yeah, cheaper it's for cheaper the, and they've got barrels of it and they're bringing it over, over you know, over and they but make it's cheaper than like baby powder and flour and everything. Right, I, don't know. I think they're just like a huge amount of it and they've decided to cut it with it. And now, now the scary part is like, like I, now kids are, it's like kind of like when you heard heroin was bad for you and people did it anyway. It's like now kids are just doing fentanyl, like straight. That's crazy. You know, buy fentanyl and smoke fentanyl and they think it's cool. It's like it, it, it's uh, and, and, and I get that concept. Like, don't do this and you go do it. But it's just so scary, you know, so. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's like they're not even just going and getting a pill that's laced with it. Now they're actually just buying straight fentanyl. Wow. It's just like. You know, like my, my godson got, got hooked on it. And I was just like, you're doing fentanyl just straight? Like, why would you do something? You know, so it's 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 wild. But but overall, you know, I think I've had a great effect on my, on my children because my, my chaos has scared them and they've gone the other direction. So I think um, that that's one good thing that's come out of it. <laughs> well, no, and you're, you know, you're just so human. It's like you're, you're a human being going through this journey like we all are you're in the public eye about it um and you're open about it it's you know everybody no matter what anybody looks like no matter what they're doing no matter where they live we're all we're all going through it you know some people just hide it better than others and you know that's the truth so when you share like that it it, you know it brings a lot more comfort to people than you think not only just kids adults as well you know absolutely yeah i love that I'm excited for your documentary. That's going to be really, really cool because yeah, reality TV is like such, let's be honest, it's fun to watch, but it's entertainment. It's not theatrics. It's, it's, you know, it's entertainment. It's not, it's not telling a true story. So um, I love that for you because you've had definitely an interesting, fun life. Colorful life, huh? (laughs) Very colorful. Very colorful. Well, excited to hear from you and your music. And I'm so happy to see your face. And um, again, check him out at Real Crazy Town on Instagram. I promise you it won't it won't disappoint. It won't disappoint. But I, you know what I was going to say, too, is all the 2000s are back. So it's like all the kids oh, yes. know the song, too. Right. Because you have a whole resurgence. Now we get to have our wave. Yes. Yeah, it's cool. You know, I love it. Yes. I love that. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for hanging oh, out with us. Thank you for me. It's great to see you. Nice you to meet too. you. Very nice meeting you, Seth. All the best to you, bud. All right. Lots of love. Okay. Bye. That was uh, that. That was really cool having him on. It was. Um, I mean, he, 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 you know, he, perfect example of always what I hope when someone hits a little bit of a low that they come back with a positive and you're helping the next people out. And it, it stinks that there's one person in front maybe has to set the standard for, hey, this is the road that's a little bit dangerous and I'm here and I'm still fighting. But, Nicole, we're seeing this more and more with, you know, younger kids, especially that, you know, whether they're they're straight out saying they're going to use fentanyl on purpose is crazy. But depression's been a big thing. The kids that I'm around on a regular basis that since the pandemic, I've noticed just a whole different group of kids. And um, and I, you know, I worry. I love the, the, what he said though, at the beginning that when he brought up the, we're focusing on my mental health, 
that was something people just kept quiet. You know, no one would have the guts to say mental health or I'm not doing well. You know, always, you know, my, my friends and I always say, you know, you, you know, you check up on a friend, just a random phone call to somebody. How you doing? You're doing okay. You know, you don't say I'm, I'm worried about you, but you always, you do the checks, the, uh, you know, the rounds of people and nobody's having a great day every day. And so no. when he said the mental health thing, I think it was, it was pretty cool. Well, it's great when people who are cool, like he's super cool, obviously. And it's like when people like that um, say it, it makes it like even that much more acceptable and easier because there are people that have said mental health, but they're usually like, you know, stuffy people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like um, psychiatrists or someone that you would look at like, oh, yeah, yeah, mumbo jumbo. But when when it becomes common and. um you know, more, I hate this word, but like on trend to be able to be open about it, it really kind of brings it to a good light so that it's not looked at like, huh, what did you just say? It's like, yeah, me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, it really needs to be normalized. It, it, it's getting there. It really, really is getting there. It's just, um, it's super refreshing when you see people, you know, like, exactly. like Seth saying it because um, it makes the other kids and, and especially since his song is like, they all know it. Everybody knows yeah. it. And, you know, these kids are paying attention. They really are. So, um, yeah. I I absolutely. That. Absolutely. I want to get to some some good news. I was excited to ask you about. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> S- since, well, because it, for me, this is good news. I'm excited for you more than, than I am for me. I mean, I told you I've missed out on some of my favorite shows and I look forward to the fall season. But for uh-huh. you, as as my friend, as someone that's in the business, that's someone who seems energetic and excited about, hey, you know what? This is a career that you know I, I, I want to jump back into. The writer strike is over, and it's I was over. so happy to hear it was over. Not only for your friends and the people you've been nice enough to bring on the show, but for you as as well. That the industry keeps moving, you know, and and this is your passion, and this is how you know you made your mark in the world that. The industry is now back on track and, and going in the right direction. Are you, are you happy with what you've seen? And have you talked to friends that are kind of relieved that it's over? Yeah, I mean, everybody. It's like a big, you know, deep sigh, a big deep breath of, you know, a release of um, being relieved. But it, it's sort of also to me, it's like, what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> it always feels that way, though, after work stopped. Right. What, always you, does. what, what were they waiting for the studios and uh, and you know what what were they waiting for they agreed to everything they gave them a great deal why why what is the holding out about like it's just such a um like such a cockfight you know what i yeah. mean it's like they're swinging their dicks around because they can and it's like I just don't understand. I, I was like, uh, and, and that's it. And you just give in and you give the writers everything. So I'm sure the actors, will, it will follow suit, but they'll just draw it out because um, I guess that's what they like to do for some reason. So, yes, but I do think, you know, once everything gets back up and going again, it is going to be, a, there is going to be a new, and uh, the the industry is not going to be the same because AI is a thing. It's going to be a thing now. Yeah. At least we'll be able to have some control over this thing, but um, it's going to come into play now. Right. So we're going to see things change, which is exciting. I mean, yeah. you know, listen, I like evolution. I like change. So um, that's exciting to see, you know, everything that's going to happen, but it's going to be this, this like world of, you're not going to know if what you're watching is real or not. Right. Like you're not going to know. We played a Taylor Swift song the other day about her breaking up with that football player guy. Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's not her. It's an all AI song. But you wouldn't know. You would definitely think it was her. Um, And it's just sort of like you're not going to really know what is real anymore and what isn't. You're just not. That's, That's true. That no, that again, I wouldn't know. I mean, if you ever find something because you're you have a better eye for it than me, point it out to me. I'm kind of curious to know if you could figure it out. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't know. I mean, I know people who on you know nine to five jobs who say this whole AI has changed their job on how much easier it is to do their job. They go, they, they aren't doing the work. AI is doing their work. Bosses don't even know. I mean, kids have been trying to do it in school, but you know, there's software in school that will catch your kids cheating, <laughs> but yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting as far as the way it goes. I'm curious now that you said that football player guy, I know you aren't a huge sports fan. <laughs> did, did you know who Travis Kelsey was? Because I did. there's so many people who are Taylor Swift fans who 
who didn't know who he was, and they're doing these whole things. Taylor Swift now made him famous, and he was always, already very, very famous. No, I knew who he was because um, he's a brother. I knew that there were these brothers that played football. Yeah. I obviously watched the news, so I, I knew they were. And he had a dating show, so of course I watched that. He did. That's right. He had the dating show. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so I watched. That, that, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I was thinking the other night, I know you, you weren't watching the Chiefs play the Jets on, on TV. Uh, no one would because the Jets stink. But Taylor Swift was at the game. And I thought it was, you know, pretty funny that you're watching the Chiefs and Jets, and it would have sold out anyway. But she's sitting there, and she was in that same stadium at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey a few months ago, and she sold it out five days in a row. And for what it, they said, what it did for the New York economy was amazing because they said it was the equivalent of having five Super Bowls in a row. And so I wonder if she's sitting there going, "Hey, this is pretty cool that all these people are here." Guess what? I did it by myself five days in a row you know what i mean she's she's a whole nother level of superstar well i think it goes a little bit deeper than that because the nfl must be talking to her because they've had the highest their their ratings i I think they said it was like 35 billion like 35 million or billion or whatever it was more than normal (laughs) there was some astronomical number of the higher ratings that it got on when she was at the games so you know Kansas City is not a big market. Very good team, but it's not a it's not a huge media market like in LA or New York. And yet, you're right. The interest the level in Kansas City Chiefs games are through the roof. Knowing Taylor Swift might show up on TV. Yep, the ratings um, were outstanding, and I I can't imagine they're just gonna <laughs> be like okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably going to give her, like, comp. She's going to have her own, like, suite at every game, any game she wants, everywhere, all over. I mean, she's got to have a really good in with the NFL now. Absolutely. Absolutely. The NFL would love, (laughs) I'm sure, to do the halftime show. It's... um... It, for for the Super Bowl, you know how um, I think Usher's who they just announced is doing the halftime show this year. They were Taylor Swift and Beyonce and all those are always the, the the biggest names out there, and you know Drake and all those guys who who draw a huge audience. But Taylor Swift has been a huge plus for the NFL that already dominated every other sport. But I just wanted to say the rider strike. I'm very happy it's over. We've had people on the show that you know have, that work behind the scenes. You mentioned, and I can't get this out of my mind. Even the people that supply the food or the cleaning crews, all these people that have been out of jobs that go paycheck to paycheck and yeah. then what it means for them to get have a chance to get back to work. Um, really excited. Well, not yet, you know, because the writers still haven't. They're still striking. They're still out there. So there's still nothing going on in the studios. Well, explain to me because, okay, help, help me out. Because the reason I thought everything was back to normal is that I'm watching, you know, the late night shows. They're all back. Be- so... Hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? All the writers are, are like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and all those guys started up this week on Monday running shows. Well, maybe Jimmy Kimmel doesn't care about his sad card. I don't really know. But wasn't he, wasn't it Jimmy Kimmel and Drew Barrymore that were going to go against the strike and they were going to scab no. anyway? No, no, Drew Barrymore was, Jimmy Kimmel wasn't. Remember he was doing a podcast to raise money for the people that were Okay, who was strike. it? There was another talk show that was, there was a guy okay. that was going to scab. Um, I, I forget. Yeah, don't say a name unless you, <laughs> you know for sure. Okay, so the Drew Barrymore yeah. thing. How does that affect her and how she's looked at by people on the other side? I mean, I was shocked that she went and took that angle. Well, she took it back really quickly, didn't she? When, <laughs> when she got all to... that backlash. Um, yeah, lucky for her, people are in a really forgiving um, mood right now. You know, they, kind of that really harsh cancel culture is kind of over. And yeah. people are being a little bit, you know, more forgiving. And if you acknowledge and, you know, apologize, you get you get another chance. Which, fair. That's fair. Fair, fair, fair. So, um, you know. Who knows? Who knows what her team was feeding her so that they could all keep working? You know, you don't know yeah. what went into that decision making. It's it's wild, but um, I'm glad she decided to hold off. And um, I think it's because they were already they already shot it, and they're so they're holding it not to air it. So maybe that's why Jimmy Kimmel can do that because there's already shots. He's not no, working no. on set shooting. No, no, no. He can't. Oh, no, no. If he's bag, he can't be shooting. No, well, he literally was doing, you know, today's news jokes. So, I mean, it was, you know, live, not live TV. You know, they tape at three in the afternoon and they run at 11 o'clock at 1130 at night. But it was today's news. So, I mean, well, it was I don't know. Maybe there's to- a, I know soap operas are exempt. I don't, I don't really know. I can't answer yeah. that because um, I don't know. Because I, I just, yeah. I do know SAG is still 
definitely still on strike and still out there picketing. So um, that so is one of the things. Over. When do we see as me as a viewer and someone who's not in the industry, but me as a viewer, and let's say I'm waiting for law and order to come back on. What am I, what do you think time frame wise? How long does it take for the average person in the, in Ohio to get a chance to watch their favorite shows with that need writers? Well, I think that a lot of shows already filmed. They're already in the can. They just can't air them. Right. Okay. Isn't that the whole, I, I don't know. Asking, I, I don't know. I don't know. These questions. <laughs> as if I'm like smart. <laughs> I just sit on the couch. You have a better You're connection than I do. It. I have no idea. Meanwhile, I'm watching Salt Lake City, Real Housewives yeah, of Salt Lake too. City. Like, you know what? There's nothing I can do about any of this. I'm just, I'm like everybody else. It's like, sit back and wait. I'm not one yeah. of those people that, <laughs> like, what if, what if this and that? No, I've learned that that is a huge waste of time. What's going to happen is going to happen when it happens. And I'll be yeah. here for it. Now I, I now uh, I just I want know. to see a quote from you in one of these magazines, Nicole. Eggers. Yeah, I just watched Salt Lake City. Failure over here. No, just, just your quote is like, I don't know. I just watched Salt Lake City. That's uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, have you been watching Salt Lake? Hell City? yeah, I'm watching oh Salt Lake God. City. I'm watching Salt Lake City. Like, they're the shining star of the Real Housewives franchise for me right now. When uh, and I just watched the latest episode, but the episode before that, when they went to Trixie Mattel's Trixie Motel in Palm Springs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, I was fangirling out because um, I don't. I love. I'm a huge fan of Trixie, and um, I watched the show where they were building the motel, and okay. so it's like I've been wanting to go there and see it so badly. So when they showed up there, I was like, "This is everything," and um, I mean that Lisa who wouldn't do the drag makeup. Did you watch the episode? Yeah, I did. Hundred percent. Who are you when talking she to? Wouldn't, when she okay, first of all, do you think she really lost this ring? Did this ring like disappear down the toilet? What? Where did this sixty thousand dollar ring go? I'm at the point now. I really hope she lost the ring, just because <laughs> when she says, you know, when they said, "You don't understand, Middle America doesn't buy sixty thousand dollars rings," and she says, "Yes, they do." No, they don't. <laughs> you know, you're like you're so out of touch. It's ridiculous. So well, it's like, and she, and she, and then she says, I haven't been talking about it all day. And like, that's all she talked about all day. Um, but when she wouldn't get into, when she wouldn't get into drag and she's screaming that her glam team is there and that she's paid for them. I'm so unsure why nobody suggested that her glam team do drag makeup on her. Exactly right. <laughs> why isn't anybody thinking this through? Fine. Have your, have yeah. your team do your makeup, but like, do something a little bit more fun. So I, I thought that was so weird. And then the next episode where she goes into the tanning bed and she's late and she's screaming at them, let me tan, let me tan. And they cancel her membership. Yeah. <laughs> like, who, who are you? What? Why is tanning so bad? And then she goes to the med, they go to the med spa, her and Meredith, and they have to put their face in that thing that takes a picture. And it, yes. And, since she freaked out about it so much, I only remember her bad picture. Meredith, who didn't say a word, I can't really remember what her bad picture looked like. So it's like, you know, her screaming about her vanity all the time. Actually, um, it just makes things worse. It just um, it just makes things worse. And it makes you want to, like, catch her without makeup. And you want to be more shocked because you because she's setting it up like she looks crazy with no makeup on. That's yeah, basically I'm curious. What she's, doing. she's setting herself up. I'm curious it's, to know, too. Yeah, okay. and Mary, like that. Mary, what? can you explain? Can you make it make sense to me? Can, Why they put her back you? on the show? When she brings nothing to the back show and doesn't want show. to participate in anything? She hates everybody. Every, and, everybody and, and everything. Everything. And what you're wearing, she doesn't want to talk to anybody. And then she's um criticizing that new girl, Monica, for eating yeah. that crepe, which it's a crepe. Yeah. And meanwhile, she skipped the party to go to McDonald's in the Previous episode, so <laughs> he's like, she's like, she says to Monica, you sure like to McDonald's? Yeah. You like to eat? Don't you ever think about eating anything healthy? Do you realize you skipped out on the party to go get McDonald's? She went to Mickey D's, and she's I thought that was one of the funniest healthy. things. Yeah, I don't think it's the healthy thing. I think she was calling her fat. That's what she was doing. I think so. She was she was calling her fat, and basically, you're going to eat your body into a wreck is what she would literally say to her face. It's I don't know why the producers put Mary back on. I, at first, I was really upset. Like she brings nothing to the show, but in a way, she kind of does because it's a train wreck every time. And the way people so act like she's not there and some act like she is there is <laughs> is it kind of makes me laugh a little bit. And I got to tell you, Whitney is is funny as hell to me that she tries to stop every controversy before it starts. 
I'm gonna nip by this making in the butt. it a con by making it a thing, though, right? Like, so yeah, she of course. To be in the yeah, middle. She, of I'm gonna everything. throw gas on this right in front of you, and then we're gonna talk about it that I didn't do this. But when she dropped the, we gotta nip this in the butt, and the other girl's like, "Is it butt or butt? It doesn't matter." And I'm looking at her <laughs> like everyone else is going, "What the hell?" As I used to say in the South, when they insult you but they compliment you, you bless her heart. Yeah, that, yeah. That was, bless, bless your heart. heart. You're an idiot. Yeah. And. uh no, I'm I'm loving Salt Lake City. I'm I'm all hooked on this damn show. I mean, and Meredith is so strange. <laughs> Meredith is so strange. And um, when she gets drunk and gets those weird accents, and I know everybody's talking about it right now, but I seriously rewind, watch it again. <laughs> rewind, watch it again. I was like, she's really talking like that. Like, uh, instead of slurring, she becomes like a fake Brit. Yeah. It's so it's so weird. Okay. Security. So, Security. Well, it's like uh, Beverly Hills Housewives is coming back in a couple weeks. Okay, uh-huh. it's it's Dorit, right? The one who's who's from Connecticut that speaks with an English accent all the time. It's and who? You, what? It's not Dorit. Um, oh yeah, Dorit. The one who's Dorit. I am right, yeah. right? The one married to the English guy. Yeah. And she speaks with an English accent, but I had to go looking her up, and she's from Connecticut. You know, yeah, and it cracks me up that she here she is. She falls into this, and and I, I it's such a mess. There's so many good things coming right now with the reality TV. I'm watching Southern Charm finally. I'm caught up. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on this show. And uh, well, Low Deck is really you, good. You haven't been a good influence on me, Nicole. I already ah, thought I was a mess. Sorry. Now I'm getting worse. I've now gotten well, much listen, worse. Listen, the, the writers have been on strike. <laughs> there were no yeah. new shows, so you yeah. can watch reality show. Below Deck, uh, Mediterranean is so far. It's only in two seasons or something, but it's really good. Um, and then can we talk Beverly Hills just for a second? Because okay. um, what a variety of loonies! Like I. I You've got like Aaron, the narcissist, like, could she love herself or think more of herself? I I just, oh, it's like, and I I think I really only enjoy Bryn, Jen, and Uba. Okay, we'll go in New York. Sorry, I thought you said Beverly Hills, but yeah, New York. Oh, did I? I think I did. Oh, my God. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, New York. Sorry. Okay. Um, Um, Go through the ones you enjoy again. Say those names again. um, I I like Jen and I like um, Uba. And I like Bryn. Okay, I'm not an Uba fan. I like Bryn has won me over the last couple weeks. Yeah, she's like so. Yeah. Um, if I could just have a little bit of Bryn in me, I could really make things easier in my life. <laughs> um, so I, I really, I just, I, I think she's adorable. I really think she's cute. But it's like this. Aaron is like this mean narcissist. Like she's super catty to everybody, and then she's like the victim all the time. Um, but she knows how to play the game. She knows how to do the game. A lot of people don't know how to That's jump true. into I these shows everyone... and play the game. I think, well, like, yeah. Like if, if you're Andy, you aren't kicking her off next year, right? If you're Andy and you're going, who stays, who goes, you aren't getting rid of her. You got to keep her on the show. I don't think get rid of any of them because there was just one season. I think it's been pretty successful. So I think they're all pretty safe. Um, yeah. But it's like, I don't know, with their whole prank thing. Like they, they act like children who like play dress up all day long. I don't know. It's yeah. the strangest mindset. And then you've got the one who is the, um, the fashion one. And she always talks about her fashions and like nothing fits right. Everything is so <laughs> ill-fitted. I go, I, I can't even stand watching it. I'm like, you have all these amazing outfits. Yeah. But like where your boobs are supposed to go or the seams are up here and like nothing fits you girl. And like, you can tell she's shorter in stature, and I can say that because I'm shorter in stature. So when your clothes aren't perfectly tailored, they they drown you and wear you, and that's what's happening. Her name's Sai, right? Sai. Yes. Um. Otherwise, I mean, I think I kind of like her, but I can't get over her wardrobe. Her wardrobe kills me every every scene, every episode. I was like, oh god. Um, Let me ask but- you: If you were one of these, let's say you're one of these you know, so-called housewives, which a lot of them aren't even married. But you were one of these so-called housewives, and you weren't someone who had a TV career. Which show would you feel best jumping in? Like, which cast would you feel most comfortable? Like in New Jersey, New York, Salt Lake City, Orange County, Beverly Hills. Which one? I would, would definitely be either be Orange. You? I would definitely be Orange County or Beverly Hills because, yeah, you know, it's where I grew up. This is of like course. this is my stomping grounds. So I'm in both of those. Um, I probably might choose Orange County just so I could live back down there again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
for selfish reasons. Uh, it's less pressure in Orange County, right? Than than Beverly Hills. Well, I think it's a different kind of pressure. Yeah. Um, it's different. You know, Orange County is very like you need to be skinny and plastic and all of that. And in Beverly Hills, you just have to be like, you know, your fashion has to be on point. So, um, you know, I fail miserably in both those categories. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like the Denise Richards. But um, yeah, I think I would choose Orange County just because I'm more at home. I, I mean, I'm really at home there. Huh, either one. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, I was in Orange to, County uh, before all of them, so <laughs> they, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get to your mailbag before we uh, we run. We always go a little bit too long, but we're going to get to okay. Nicole's mailbag again. If you have a question for Nicole, feel free to write in perfectlytwistedpod.com. We're going to do our best to get to as many questions as we can. Again, perfectlytwistedpod.com to ask Nicole a question. First question this is from uh, Danielle, Daniel, I should say, Daniel Melusa. Uh, Nicole. Did you know about the episode in Friends where Joey has Baywatch on their TV and Joey says to Chandler, you'll like Nicole Eckert? <laughs> yes, I'm well aware of it. <laughs> Me too. Um, I know both those guys very well. I've known them not very well anymore, but I knew them very well growing up. Um, Matt LeBlanc was always super fun to be around. They both are great guys. Um, so, yes, I knew about it because I knew them. And then also, of course, everybody... Um, <laughs> was like did you see friends did you see friends and i think we've used it probably in the documentary too um but yeah it was very flattering it was really cute you, you know i think that'd be pretty cool i don't know i mean friends was yeah. extremely popular and all of a sudden you know i'm sure if you're watching it for the first time you're like wait a second they just said my name <laughs> like yeah. I, I think that kind of cool didn't what watch an honor. Friends. i didn't you watch did it? you weren't a friends fan Oh, wow. No, listen, I didn't. I was working a lot and TV wasn't really like I said, I've said this before. Like I wasn't really an avid like TV viewer and yeah. like a, a rom-com sitcom kind of thing wouldn't have been my choice anyway. So um, I know it's a great show. I know it's legendary. I know everybody loves it. Maybe I should go and watch it. But no, I, I I've maybe seen an episode or two, but that's about it. Wow. Have your have your daughter seen the episode? Just curious. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I'm telling you, if I was you, I'd have it ready to go on the DVR. And just when you're like your daughter walks, like you're just casually watching TV and see if she catches it. <laughs> but then would they know what the show? Do yeah, they know just... what the show friends is? Wait, hold on one second. Alexa, yeah. go away. <laughs> it's one of my watches went off too. I don't know what's going on. Oh, is it that alert? I it can't hear be... it. We can't hear it through the microphone. There it might be the um you know how Amber there's alert. that emergency FEMA alert going on yeah. today? Because my Alexa is recording. She's listening to me for a oh. while right now. So I don't know what she's trying to hear. But um... <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> speaking like my mom. of creepy AI. <laughs> yeah, these are the conversations I get from my mother in the middle of the night. The Alexa's listening to me right now. She never got it for me. That's why I get those. Mom, it's fine. The yeah, FBI doesn't care about what you, what's going on in your house. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I know. as long as you're not doing anything illegal, you're good, right? Yeah, you're you're 100 fine. Especially all the topics we just brought up a second ago with Seth. You know, we mentioned fentanyl, we mentioned kids, we mentioned <laughs> Alexa's reporting you everything right now. No, yeah, now we're on the watch list. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, let's continue with uh, with a couple more questions. Uh, Nicole, where was the movie Just One of the Girls filmed? Other than Corey, what were your cast members like to work with? Do you still keep in touch with any of them? Um, okay. It was filmed in Canada. I'm trying to think whereabouts in Canada. Um, cause you know, Canada is kind of blurry for me because I would go out there and then for a project and then book another project. And I usually do like three or four in a row out there and move around. Um, but it was in Canada. Um, I, I want to say Vancouver and, um, everybody was great. Everybody was great on that. Except the girl who punched me in the nose and broke my nose. Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on, don't just go by like that happens to everybody. Who punched you in the face? What did you do well, and why did they punch you in the face? Um, it's that's that's the burning question. Um, so she was an actor, she is an actress. Um, she was playing um a fellow like competitive cheerleader. I was a cheerleader in it, and um, we get into some kind of altercation. And she like starts, I feel like she starts to storm away and I, I like grab her arm to say like to 
try to talk or whatever. But when I grabbed her, when I stopped her like that, she turned around, she swung on me. She punched me in the face. She punched me right in the nose. And the best part was it, they, they got it on film and we would watch it in slow motion. And um, <laughs> there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, wow. And as I go to the ER and it's hot and I've got that big, thick, like cheerleader sweater on covered yeah, yeah, in yeah. blood. So I'm sweating to death. I'm in pain, right? So I ripped the sweater off. So I'm like sitting in my bra in a cheerleading skirt in the <sighs> ER in Canada. And I've got American insurance, right? So they're not yeah. taking me seriously and they're not taking me in anytime soon at all. So about, about an hour of sitting there, and this is terrible, but this is the truth. I knew that my co-stars had painkillers. Yeah. So I was like, if I go back to the hotel, um, I'll just ask them for some painkillers. I'll lay down and then I'll have them call like a doctor because on sets, you know, the doctors, they come to you. And I was like, I'll just have somebody come to my room. And the doctor was like, well, it's broken. <laughs> um, you should have had it reset. And I was like, I'm not going back. I am. And I just left it. So my nose is a little crooked. But um, you have to really look to notice it. Once you notice it, you really see it. But um, listen, it's crooked. It gives my face character. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, what happened? Like, what did the producers say? What What is every um, people who are paying you say? Pissed. Because yeah, of course, no kidding. It, like the holds up production so yeah. i mean i'm like supervised to stay in my room and sit with ice on my face for like the next three days while they try to shoot around me and then makeup's got to come in and like figure it out because now you got two black eyes too you no know kidding. because it's like got black eyes my nose is all swollen um they did a great job and you know listen i was young and it, it healed it like it was easy to to camouflage it's pretty easy to like work around it um but so fun fact, she punched me in the face and broke my nose. Later, I dated her ex-boyfriend. So good I for you. We're all squared good up. You should have dated <laughs> her dad to make it hurt even more. Yeah. What the hell? That's crazy. Uh, oh, my God. And I didn't date the boyfriend on purpose. Let, let me just be clear. Oh, about it wasn't that. one of those. That That's was coincidental. It was it honestly was coincidental. But uh, still, oh, I'd be like, I'm getting, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm getting you back. It's going to hurt and dating your boyfriend and your cousin and everybody else to make it hurt and then break the hearts. Every one of them. <laughs> Good God. All right, here we go. We'll move on. What was it like working with Judith Light and Tony Danza on Who's the Boss? I would have asked this question too, by the way. Oh, amazing. Completely amazing. Um, you know, Judith Light was, and, and really, um, Catherine on that show was a big one for me because I used to watch that show Soap. Do you remember Soap? Of course. From Okay, so I was like a huge fan of that, or my mom, you know, was a huge fan of that. So that my was in our was living too. room, and I watched it. Yeah, so we watched that a lot. So I was kind of like starstruck all over that set. So um, it was just really great to watch them work. And Judith is, uh, you know, to me, she feels like such a theater actor, like such a real, like, you know, yeah, down to the bones, like actress. Like she, that's, it's just, that's who she is. She exudes it. And that's really fun to watch. And Tony Danza, you know, is just so lighthearted and so likable and so friendly. And, um, just a lot of fun. I, I really, I really, um, I really liked being on that set. It was a good, it was, it was a well-oiled machine and people, everybody that was there was great at what they did and loved what they were doing. So it was a really great introduction to doing sitcom TV. You know, I, I think you and I discussed this once. I'm not sure if it was on the show or off the show, but for me, when I watch people who were adults in my childhood, and then you see them pass away, whether it's, you know, Catherine Hellman who played, you know, Judith Light's mom or, you know, even Benson when he dies. It doesn't matter who it is. It always kind of bums me out, you know, even yeah. though I never met those people. And you did meet a lot of these people. It does. It, it's part of my childhood is now is now, you know, gone. It feels like I don't say a family member, but still you is part of your childhood when you think about your memories. It is because it's nostalgia. And it's like you're not to get all sappy, but I felt like this in my last um, move when I was like really going through everything and going through my mom's stuff as well because she had passed and she left so much stuff. Like going through it all and then like looking back and seeing who's still with us, who isn't, um, seeing my kids and like 
you know, going through all their baby stuff and that they're grown and I'll never go through that again. And it's like, it's so, um, definite. Do you know what I mean? It's, and it, yeah. it's so it makes you think of, um, you know, mortality and, you know, there's something happy and sad. It's like, you know, tragic in a way of like reminiscing when you're at this age because there is this whole you know especially at 50 it's like there's this whole next chapter there's this whole other book that needs yeah. to be written and you're kind of closing the other one to childhood and memories and parenthood and everything you've done to get here and there's something um that was really hard about that move but something super freeing so you know i really went through a lot in this last year and um and it's the same kind of feeling. It's like saying goodbye to things that were such a big part of you or that you really appreciated yeah. or that, you know, influenced you so much. So it's like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to let go of those things. Exactly. No, exactly right. All right, Daniel, there's too many, two more questions for you. Great job with the questions, by the way, Daniel. Uh, Dave and Nicole, being a big fans of Real Housewives of Orange County, who is your favorite character over 17 seasons? Okay, on the count of three. You say who you think, and I'll say who I think. And I'm going to shock you who mine is. Okay, okay. ready? One, two, three. Tamara. Vicky Gunnelson. <laughs> we we kind of run, went around this. I said Tamara. I, I, I can't stand her. Duo. Okay. I can't stand her, but yeah, they're one and the same. You and I went the same direction because those two keep the show going. Without those two, the show is boring as hell. Yeah, it's like freaking crack. Yeah, they are. They keep the show going. But my thing was that Vicky, I always know Vicky's a pain in the ass. With Tamara, I think every year it starts off with, all right, she's a different person this time. She's seen all the shows. She's went to the reunion. She's going to come back as a nice version. And it lasts for maybe a show and a half, and she goes right back to being the evil person she is. And I fall for it every gullible. time. Yeah, you're oh, gullible. I am. I'm a sucker. I'm I, a sucker. I have some real estate to sell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, no, at least Vicky, you know, you're getting crazy and she serves the crazy. She, she owns the crazy and she still continues to shock me with the crazy. And, um, and this year I feel like she's kind of like normalized. I don't know. Something about her seems more grounded. Maybe it's the new guy. I don't know. But, um, yeah, those two, they're a duo. <laughs> they, they are, are. They are they a are. duo that has kept that show going. And the show needs them for sure. The show we've seen it without them, and the show needs them. All right, last last question on here. It says, Nicole, do you still visit theme parks, and do you like roller coasters? Oh, listen, I was the biggest fan of roller coasters. I was so into them. The bigger, the scarier, the better. And then when my oldest daughter became like a young teen, preteen, and wanted to go to Magic Mountain and stuff like that, and I went, you know, because they needed somebody to take them. They were still too young. Um, she was probably Keegan's age. So she's probably in the 12, 12 year old range. And um, I remember going on that roller coaster that plays that Metallica song. And she was in front of me. And all of a sudden, I couldn't help but think she was going to fly out of the roller coaster. Mm. And so I'm like trying to hold her in her seat. And she's like, get off of me. <laughs> I'm like holding her in, like freaking out that my child's going to fly out of this insane yeah. roller coaster i mean that that roller coaster is insane nobody's living if something goes wrong on that one um and it panicked me to a place of no i'm not into it anymore and i don't want to watch i don't want to be there and luckily my little one doesn't want anything to do with theme parks um i took her to disneyland she was having a really great time i talked her into getting on some rides having great the day with that tower of terror or i forget what they call it now um you're right oh i don't know what it is now but you're no, right no they changed the name the galaxy the whatever um scared the living shit out of her yeah traumatized her she doesn't want to go back she never asked that she's not that kid that wants to go to a theme park so i'm off scot-free <laughs> there I don't you know go about it <laughs> and soon enough she'll be old enough to just go with her friends <laughs> yeah and i won't have to worry about it yeah I'm with you. I was always a big roller coaster person. You know, I never understood the people that didn't want to do the scariest and the biggest roller coasters. But then all of a sudden, something happened to my equilibrium as I got older, where every one of them I feel sick as a dog. Like, where's a bench? I gotta lay down for an hour. Like it was <laughs> it was weird. I don't know what happened. It was like this was my thing. And then uh, you can't get me to Magic Mountain now. Me, it's I'm I'm 
I'm in fear of the safety. I'm, me, it's yeah. the safety issue. It's a pure, simple safety issue. I don't want anything to do with it. Like, why? We made it this far. <laughs> let's, let's, like, <laughs> let's keep it easy. Let's just, and, you know, I did a few Disneyland birthday parties for um, Keegan when she was little. But, you know, I was on Dumbo. <laughs> it was like, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, luckily she doesn't ask to go. So uh, I, I, I don't have to face that right now good deal good deal yeah. those are great questions daniel appreciate the yeah, questions you, again if you, have, if you have a question for nicole just go to the website again perfectly twisted uh pod.com and you can look at it, the mailbag and you can ask nicole questions and we'll do the best we can to get them on there as, as quick as we can but uh, an another fun show nicole that was a lot of fun for me yeah me too it was really good time so don't forget to subscribe to us uh give us a like follow us on instagram uh facebook Twitter, if you want, if you still go there. <laughs> X. It's like X is such the perfect name for it. Like that's a good um, point. You know what's so funny? The last time I was on there, that X was showing up, and then there were the X's. I was like, how do you close it out? Which is the closeout X? <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> X is everywhere. Hate that place. Um, so don't forget, yeah, follow us, give us a like, let us know what you think, and uh leave a review. And we will see you next week. <laughs>